Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to our show tonight, Polygamy, What Love Is This? We're glad that you're joining us and spending part of your evening with us. My name is Doris Hansen, your host, and our co-host, Earl Erskine, is here with Hi. us again Hi. tonight. Hi. And we're here every Thursday night to discuss the history of Mormon polygamy and contemporary polygamy practices. Joseph Smith taught that polygamy is required to get into heaven. But God said that Jesus alone saves us and celestial marriage has nothing to do with it. And of course, we know that God's way is best. I want to quote from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, which says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. How appropriate this uh, w this scripture is in our culture today. It's a warning, it's a prophecy of what would take place, and it is taking place this day. There are many religious groups who are not enduring sound doctrine, but instead they're teaching myths and fables rather than the sound biblical truths. They teach what people want to hear rather than what they need to know in order to get right with God. Tonight we're going to discuss some common characteristics of controlling and dangerous counterfeit religious groups that teach myths and fables rather than sound doctrine. There are many websites on the internet that have lists of characteristics of counterfeit religious organizations and what to watch out for. And a counterfeit religious group is an organization that claims to be Christian or claims to be God's kingdom or claims to follow the Bible when in fact they have counterfeited biblical Christianity and have changed biblical doctrine. Without fail, they all change who Jesus is, and they change God's plan of salvation for humanity. Some groups claim to be biblically based, but they don't follow the Bible, or they do so very loosely. Some claim to be scientifically based, but in reality they're not scientific at all. Some are based on some very strange and weird ideas. For instance, the Hale-Bopp Comet group, where 39 members committed suicide. David Koresh, where 55 adults and 28 children died when the feds raided the Branch Davidians. And we cannot forget to mention Jim Jones, leader of the People's Temple, where 909 people committed suicide by drinking from the poison punch bowl on command of their leader. These counterfeit religious groups ended in tragedy, yet all of those who joined the groups had no idea that they were joining in a dangerous, mind-manipulating organization or that they had been brainwashed by them. That's why they drank the punch bowl. No one who is brainwashed knows that they've been brainwashed. 
They deny they're brainwashed because they're unable to recognize that brainwashing is taking place. And until or if they ever get out, and only then can they look back objectively and be able to recognize they had been brainwashed. And that's the trouble with this culture, especially with, but not limited to, the polygamous culture. In this country, we enjoy freedom of religion, which means that anyone is free to believe anything that they want, supposedly without government intervention, unless they break the law. Sadly, too many times the leaders of these groups break the laws under the guise of religious freedom and they get by with it, which is precisely the problem with Mormon polygamy groups today. Tonight we want to share with our viewers some characteristics, some red flags, if you will, of controlling religious groups that we all need to be aware of. And if you're watching the show and recognize that you're stuck in a counterfeit group that we describe, hopefully you'll get the opportunity to check it out and then to get out. This information is designed to provoke a desire in those who are trapped in such an organization to check out why you're there and investigate why you stay. Perhaps you don't recognize that the group you embrace truly isn't what it claims to be and perhaps you will start questioning and perhaps have the courage to take your family and escape. Where there is a counterfeit, there's a genuine original from which the counterfeit was copied. The devil is a master counterfeiter. He can hide behind a mask of beauty, or behind a mask of feel-good religion, or behind a mask of fuzzy feeling-based spirituality. The devil can and does appear as an angel of light. He does not walk around with an identification card hanging around his neck, wearing a red suit with a forked tail, carrying a pitchfork and proclaiming, here I am, I'm the devil, watch out for me. That's not what he works, how he works. The devil is a slithery, deceitful, he is subtle, cunning, crafty. He twists the truth so cleverly that a person with little or no discernment or biblical knowledge will never be able to detect the twist. The devil can easily present himself as the beautiful side of evil. Polygamy groups definitely fall into some of the or most of the categories that we're going to be discussing tonight. And if you recognize any of these techniques or behaviors in your religious experience, they are red flags and you should seriously seek outside help. Don't be afraid to investigate because the truth can stand any test. So don't doubt your doubts, but investigate them with all diligence to the purpose of finding the truth for yourself, not because someone else said it was true. So what do we watch out for? We've put together a list of some things we want you to know in order to recognize a counterfeit religious group, a controlling organization that claims they follow God, but in reality, they are following only men. So the first characteristic we want to discuss that a counterfeit religious organization may have is an exalted imperialistic type leader or prophet. Seems like it, that's a common thread among all of the 
the organizations is that they have this leader that uh, this one speaks leader. for God and speaks for them and uh, tells them what to do and so on. Yeah. Yep, and and he and he's got the word. He's he's their mediator. <laughs> yeah. The the leader um, usually is supposed to have the correct and continuing revelation, and only he or special appointed leaders under him are authorized to mediate for God to the people, and that's where the problem lies. Their motives, their teachings or decisions are not to be questioned. The leader's sins are overlooked and may even be distorted to make them seem as if God has commanded the sin. For instance, David Koresh, Warren Jeffs, Joseph Smith, they all took many brides and child brides and they all called it godly and holy. And anybody that challenged them was... It was character assassination, and they were kicked out, and uh, mm-hmm. it was their fault, yeah. not, not the leader's. Uh, yeah, the leader can do no wrong. Yeah. And, and sometimes the leader may take a benevolent dictatorship stance, but calls himself God's prophet as a cover. The leader always has unquestioned authority. In most of these groups, the members are forbidden to doubt the organization or the leader, but the Bible is always doubted. However, in true Christianity, the opposite is true. In Christian groups, in Christian churches, the leaders can be questioned. They're opened for questioning, but not the Bible, because the Bible is God speaking, and He is our leader. In fact, John uh, 17, 17, Jesus said, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. God's word alone is our authority. And Psalm 19, I think you want to share. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them is your servant warned, and keeping them there is great reward. Notice how the the right. No. Oh, I'm sorry, that's yours. <laughs> that's okay. not, well, that's not the the part of the Bible. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that's right. not part of the Bible quote. But did you did you notice in in those verses how he loved God's word? Yeah. The the writer loved God's word. He talked about how good and how much he appreciated uh, God's word was. And instead of loving your church, perhaps you could try loving God and what He has said as recorded in the Bible. And then Psalm twelve six. There's another one in <laughs> Psalms twelve six. It says. The words of the Lord are flawless, like silver refined in a furnace of clay, purified seven times. The word of God is precious. The word of the Lord is flawless. Yeah, and the word is precious. Nobody can take the Bible. You can take the Bible and find an error. The word of the Lord is flawless. And... It's been purified seven times. People that say the Bible is corrupted, and we'll get into more of this later, they don't have a clue the power of God and and His purpose of maintaining them. And they dismiss the Bible, as you say, so it's not anything that anyone would rely on or Mm -hmm. study Mm -hmm. or be concerned with. Yeah. 
Well, the Word of God is precious. And the words of men that are not based on God's Word are nothing. Exclusive or private Bible study in these groups is not encouraged in some of these counterfeit religious, but the study of the group's own literature is encouraged. If you dare to question them, they make it sound like something is wrong with you. It could never be that something is wrong with the organization. And we have a quote here from Heber C. Kimball that we just love yeah, to share his one quotes. One of our early Mormon <laughs> polygamists. It yeah. says, learn to do as you are told, and when you are taking a position, if you do not know that you are right, do not take it. I mean independently. But if you are told by your leader to do a thing, do it. None of your business whether it is right or wrong. So just do it. Just yeah. do what the leader says to do. And when, when doubts come, like you said, it's always your fault. You're yeah. always the one who's wrong, and so you must try harder. This is a counterfeit religious group that will do that. Um, and then we have a quote here from the Improvement Era, June of yeah. 1945. This is an old war teacher message that the people would take out to the homes. It says, Lucifer... He wins a great victory when he can get members of the church to speak against the leaders and to do their own thinking. Oh, my heaven's sakes, do your own thinking, right? What a crime that is in, based upon this statement. Those who do their own thinking are often made to carry uh, a very head and bur heavy burden of guilt if they disobey or question or doubt their written or their yeah. unwritten rules. Character assassination, like Earl mentioned earlier, is often used against anyone who may want to leave <clears throat> or who chooses to get out. I can't tell you how many times I have seen this happen to someone, it, it, whether they choose to leave the LDS church or the polygamy groups, the, the horrible things that they do and say and how they treat these people is yeah. just mind-boggling. Well, I've interviewed a number of people who said that their character has been assassinated after they left the church. I think we had some of that after we left. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the churches. The church was never at fault. Right. We were the ones that were either offended or had committed adultery or done some other mm -hmm. grievous sin. And yeah. yeah. But you know, the same God who said, do not murder, which we all agree is a horrible crime, right. is the same God that said, do not gossip. Yes, that's right. Do not bear false witness. The same God. So it's always something wrong with the person rather than the doctrine. And they can't fathom, fathom that it could be the doctrine that's wrong. And yet that is exactly what is wrong. And doctrine matters. We covered that in last week's show, I think. Well, okay, so, so number two, the second characteristic that we're going to be looking for, for for counterfeit religious groups is they use the Bible plus, the Bible plus New Revelation, the Bible plus new and changing doctrine, or the Bible plus their own religious writings, which they do call scripture. Yeah, I think of the in second. I think it's Second Nephi, but one in the Book of Mormon it says something about a Bible, a Bible. We have no more need of a Bible, and that was their criticism that uh, anybody would reject that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the Bible, if they knew how important it really was. The, the revelations and the changing doctrines uh, that, that are not supported by the Bible, um, which they will use, and, and they, they'll often take the Bible and twist it to make it seem as though they are using the, the pure Word of God. Their new revelations that they have, and this yeah. is uh, this happens so often. They will be worded in Shakespearean English to mimic the King James language, which 
often deceives people to think it's straight from the mouth of God. They think that's God's language. Which is interesting for especially the Book of Mormon, <coughs> where it was not written in King's in King James English <laughs> originally. So <laughs> how that happened, who knows? Yeah, they make it sound like, because they think it's a God-sounding you know, God thing. And I've talked to people who said that is God's language. Oh. And that's the way he talks, which <laughs> isn't true. God's it's every language. Because the leader claims to be God's spokesman on earth, the leader's interpretation cannot be questioned. Scripture is changed and doctrines are tweaked or changed or modified to fit the occasion or the present political movement. For example, the LDS Church changed their doctrine of polygamy and their treatment of the blacks as a result of government and public pressure and economic considerations. If those doctrines had been from God to begin with, they could never have been changed or deleted. Malachi 3.6 says, I, the Lord, do not change. Period. He doesn't change. Mormon fundamentalists and the mainline Mormon church use other scriptures and consider them more important than the Bible, and they all have changing doctrine. The yeah. Book of Mormon, over 4,000 changes. Yeah. Yet it's the Bible they accuse of not being able to trust. But the Bible hasn't undergone any manuscript changes. It's odd that they trust the fraudulent Book of Mormon despite all of its thousands of changes and reject the Bible, which always remains the same. That is curious, isn't it? It's very <laughs> strange thinking. Part of the brainwashing. The, it is. And then they use the Bible like a buffet table. They'll pick and choose what they want and ignore the rest. They claim it doesn't have God's truths and that mere men wrote it, not God. Some claim that they must go different places to find different truths, or that truth can be found in only one particular group. And of course, it's always their group. <laughs> Any group who makes these claims do not know God, nor are they based on God's true foundation, which is Jesus Christ. We read in the Bible in 1 Corinthians that there only one foundation can be laid, and that foundation has already been laid, and that foundation is Jesus Christ. Joseph Smith comes along 1,800 years later and has to lay a new foundation? Yeah, strange. No, it, can't, it can't be true. God has spoken in the Bible. He has spoken. We don't trust man with God's word, but we do trust God with God's word. God used godly men to record his word, and he used godly men to protect and preserve his word. God supernaturally did exactly what he said he would do. I don't understand why people can doubt that God is not able to do what he promised he would do. Yeah, This is from Psalms 119. It says, Yet you are near, O Lord, and all your commands are true. Long ago I learned from your statutes that you established them to last forever. To last how long? Uh, forever. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> and and it says your commands clear, are true. They're yeah. true and they last forever. So they didn't get lost. They didn't get corrupted. Joseph Smith lied. One of the things that I did when I first came out of the church was to uh, make a list of about 20, 25 scriptures that I used a lot on my mission and other ones out of the Bible to, to support or justify Mormon doctrine. And I went in and actually studied what the, what the true meaning was of all these scriptures and, and how they really oh. are in context. And I learned that every one of them is uh, 
was being falsely used by by myself as I taught the wow. taught the missionary wow. lessons or whatever. What what an interesting yeah. exercise that must have yeah. been for you. It was. It was very. Wow. I had no idea at the time, but uh, I just thought, well, if we're using these scriptures, they must have a different, mm -hmm. more contextual mm -hmm. meaning, and sure enough, they do. And that's what I did when I first started studying the Bible. Of course, I didn't go on a mission like you, but I remember what I was taught growing up in the yeah. polygamy group. And so I went and I checked out all these things that they said God said, and God didn't said. You know? they, say. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they lied. So, but, so we learned that God's word is eternal, it stands firm in God's heaven where no one can touch it or change it, not even an evil man. It's interesting, again, that they reject the Bible because they claim it's been tampered with and changed, yet Joseph Smith did tamper with and change the Bible himself. And they don't even use his translation. They still use <laughs> the King James Version, yeah. but claim it can't be trusted. Why are they using a Bible they claim can't be trusted? That's a good question. That's a huge red flag, folks, and there's no evidences of a tampered, changed, and corrupted Bible. God has stated very clearly that what He said is true, and He established what He said to last forever. And those who deny that are arguing with God. And Jesus said in yeah. Matthew 5:18, "Yeah, I tell you the truth: until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished." So nothing can disappear. They're rather specific words, aren't they? <laughs> Very specific. Now the law is the entire Old Testament. Yeah, that's re referring to the entire Old Testament. So Jesus, now this is Jesus, said, "Nothing will disappear." until it's all accomplished. And it won't all be accomplished until we reach eternity. So, <laughs> who do we trust? And in John 10, 35, Jesus said, the scripture cannot be broken. So to deny the Bible is true is arguing with God, like we said. And Jesus <coughs> said there, that the scripture cannot be broken. He didn't say the scripture will not be broken. He didn't say that it shall not be broken or that it would not, but that it cannot be broken. That means it is utterly impossible for the biblical text to have been tampered with or permanently corrupted. And for those counterfeit religions who deny that God has kept his word secure, we wonder what makes them think that they can trust him to keep their particular words secure. If God didn't protect his Bible from corruption when he claimed he would, how can they trust him to keep any of their so-called inspired writings from any corruptions? God neither changes with the times. His teachers do not change with the times. He doesn't adjust his standards according to the times. His word, his purposes, and who he is remains unchanging in a very changing world. And actually, that's our security. Yeah. Because we know that he's going to be the same no same matter to what. Yesterday, today, and forever. Exactly. Out of Psalms 102 we read, But you remain the same, and your years will never end. He remains the same, yeah. unchanging, through yeah. a changing world, through changing politics, and changing morals, and changing things. God remains the same, and so do his word. And his years will what? Never yeah. end, from eternity past yeah. to eternity future. So God is able to do what he said he would do. And God is faithful to do what he said he would do. And God did do what he said he would do. So polygamists can trust that God established monogamy in the beginning, 
and Jesus confirmed monogamy thousands of years later, and Paul the Apostle commanded monogamy, and you don't have to live polygamy. Let me ask you, in polygamy, do they use the Joseph Smith translation at all? We didn't use it, uh, to my knowledge, in any of the meetings that we had or any of the studies so that we they had. Used the and King James they used the King James. But mm -hmm. uh, they used all of the, the publications that the, um, the Mormon Church published. Oh. Our Bibles and everything came from the Deseret or from the, the Latter-day Saints oh. uh, publishing. Because I thought it was so interesting. I did another study that I did coming out was the one with the Dead Sea Scrolls. Mm -hmm. I took the Dead Sea Scrolls and matched those against Joseph Smith's translation, where he changed the Bible. He changed Genesis and Isaiah and mm -hmm. even Revelation and some others. Mm -hmm. And I went back to the Dead Sea Scrolls and identified those same verses. And the verses are the same in our King James yeah. version, but not Joseph Smith's but translation. Not Joseph Smith. and the Mormons uh, and polygamists should really check that out because they do. It, it's so they need to. Uh, it's so obvious. They're messing with God's word, and they for yeah. for that reason alone, they really do need to check it out. Yeah, they really should. And then, like you said earlier, the Book of Mormon was changed. That's the very first thing that drew me out. The 1830 yeah. Book of Mormon is totally different. Well, not totally, but significant doctrinal changes from the. Book of Mormon we have today, mm -hmm. and it just wouldn't happen. Yeah, it wouldn't. Ha it doesn't it happen God in the Bible. If God was involved, if it God was happen. involved, it wouldn't happen. And for our viewers too, we have a show uh, planned sometime in the future. Not sure exactly what date it's going to be because it changes. But we're going to compare the King James Bible with the Joseph Smith translation on certain verses through, mm -hmm. so that we can show uh, exactly what Joseph did and what he did not. Do, which yeah. is very interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, number three, uh, the characteristic number three of controlling and counterfeit groups is mind control. Mind control and time control in varying degrees. Now, a group that employs mind control uses deceptive doctrine or promises in their recruiting techniques and in their methods to keep members in the group. They trick people into joining and then they'll guilt and shame or threaten them into staying. Or, as in polygamy groups, most members are born and raised within the group. They don't do much recruiting in the polygamy culture. But the same trick of deception and mind control and guilt and shame are used to keep them loyal and faithful members for life. Something very important, all these groups must utilize mind control or they could not continue to exist. Every counterfeit religious group must utilize mind control and deception or they would never hold on to their membership. They manipulate people's minds which in turn controls their behavior. If your group discourages individual thought, or questioning of procedure or doctrine or finances, and if they disallow personal growth outside of their controlled community or environment, you are in a counterfeit and possibly a dangerous group. We have a very interesting quote. Yeah, this is one I've heard a lot of, and I'm glad to actually now know June 1945 improvement era because this is a good one. It says, when our leaders speak, the thinking has been done. When they propose a plan, it is God's plan. When they point the way, there is no other which is safe. When they give direction, it should mark the end of controversy. That's mind control. Yeah. 
That's total mind control. Well, it's funny. Remember a few weeks ago, someone called and asked, I keep forgetting that really the question that was asked, but it had to do with, well, what do you think about the changes that have happened over the last 20 or 30 years or something? And the prophet said something and it's changed. And I, I should have answered in that moment was, well, I'd be more worried about 20 or 30 years from now when President Monson and others say things mm -hmm. and, and those things get changed. Yeah. Because a, a, a living prophet supersedes a dead prophet. That's right. And so we just kick Bruce R. McConkie off to the side. We kick mm -hmm. uh, Brigham Young off to the mm -hmm. side. And, and the current prophet and it's, takes it's over. And the same thing as in polygamy groups. A new leader comes in and things start to change. Things are different than they really? were with the previous leader. It's the same thing. God doesn't work that way. No. And, they, and they're speaking for God, presumably. Uh -huh. It's... It, it's, amazing, it's just right? so simple, or it just seems so obvious to once you can step back and look at things objectively. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, the quote that Earl just gave uh, from the improvement area, uh, it was from the mainline church, but that's exactly, like I said, exactly yeah. what the polygamy groups teach their members. When the speaking is done, don't question it. There's nothing else. That, that's the end of the controversy. Uh, it's, it's done and over with. And some polygamy group leaders warn women who may think of leaving. A very cruel thing they say. They tell them that if they leave, they'll never be happy and that they'll become prostitutes or drug addicts or both and scares them into staying, using fear as a tool to keep members in bondage to their group. See. Yet every single person that we've ever interviewed has testified that they have never regretted getting out of polygamy. Even though the process is very difficult, they've all said it was worth it in the end. And none of them were prostitutes or drug addicts. They were obviously no longer under mind control. Mark chapter 12, someone came and asked Jesus a very important question. Yeah, he asked of all the commandments, which is the most important. The most important one answered Jesus is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. God, this is the greatest commandment. Jesus answered, the greatest commandment, greater than any other and every other commandment given by anyone ever, Jesus said, is to love God with all our minds. He never said to love your church. When someone tells you the thinking's been done for you, you are not loving God with all your mind. You're letting someone else's mind do your thinking for you. This is not only dangerous, but in the end can be damning. Some groups keep members' minds uneducated. They limit education except for an elite few, and this is true in the polygamy culture. The other members are supposed to remain in the group's workforce with little or no opportunity for personal advancement. Members are often called to leave or neglect their family or to sacrifice time and money for the group, convincing them it's all for God and they'll be blessed. They live in abusive poverty, giving all their resources to the group and neglecting their family's needs, which is something wow. that God has no tolerance with. First yeah. Timothy. First Timothy 5.8, it says, But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Now, I don't know how you can get worse than, than an infidel. An infidel is an unbeliever. I don't know how you can get worse than that. No. That's pretty bad. 
But that's what God thinks of people who do not take care of their families. And the polygamy, that's big in polygamy. They don't take care of their own families. And I'm thinking, too, of the horrible living conditions of some of the polygamous families, especially in the Kingston polygamy group. You wouldn't believe it if I told you some of the horrible living conditions that some of those polygamous women are forced to endure. Most groups have an exclusive us versus them platform, which is a mind control technique and uh, often produces a persecution complex. They use fear. Uh, They scare them to believe that anyone outside of the group is evil and dangerous and must be avoided. That's mind control. And if your group practices these behaviors in any form or intensity, beware, for that isn't the way God works. God always works through love, grace, patience, forgiveness, kindness, redemption, restoration, and acceptance upon true repentance. God does not use guilt. Guilt comes from the devil. God does not use fear. First John tells us that God's love, His perfect love, drives out fear. It doesn't cause it. God does not use religious groups to mediate His relationship with individuals. He is personal, and He wants a personal relationship with you, not a mediated relationship with you. Nor does God use oppression. In fact, He promises to set free those who are oppressed. And God doesn't use polygamy as a way to please Him or to make you get, it, get over being jealous uh, or as your ticket to heaven. Whew. Well, I, I've thought, too, about mind control. And I don't know, in some ways, I, I almost felt like the, uh, the bearing of testimonies on Fast Sunday. I don't know if you did that in polygamy groups or not. But not the same way. Not the same way. But the repetition of that being reinforced was kind of a... And, and then through the temple. I mean, it's always the same ceremony each time you mm-hmm. go. And it's just kind of a... It's a spiritual repi- hypnosis. Yeah, kind of a... You're not really paying attention to anything, really. I mm-hmm. mean, you're just being absorbing what's being told you. Mm-hmm. And you're not really doing any thinking. I think the church, and I, I would imagine the polygamy groups, too, I, uh, have the theme of the glory of God as intelligence. They they certainly want people to to act like they're smart or you know i mean that's you you think you're independent you think you're free yeah, you think to you think are. but i know that uh, but that isn't out, true you can't think outside their box no because as long I, you think within it it's okay but yeah. not with outside of well, it well i used to watch a show called polygamy what love is this on thursday night you did, I did. oh my goodness and when <laughs> carla would come in the door i would turn it to another channel <laughs> because i didn't want her to know that i was watching something so uh, so and weird or so <laughs> off the, that I was learning new things and I, yeah. I I hid that from her because I'm embarrassed to say that but I didn't want her affected or influenced by anything and, and I uh, I was really unsure of myself but I was learning new things yeah. things that opened up uh, my eyes and, and uh, but I was afraid to share uh-huh. I was afraid what repercussions would come of that I finally got a little more backbone and shared with her. Yeah, but that's uh, good, you know. And I've I've heard that before from different (laughs) people. But the truth is the truth, and it remains the same. It doesn't change. Yeah, and I was I was willing to hide it rather than because of my mind control. And I Mm -hmm. uh, exactly. Yeah. Well, we have um, 
a lot more to share, but right now I think it's time to open up the telephone lines and invite our viewers to call in and enter into the conversation. Um, and if you have questions or comments that you would like to say, please call in. Our phone number is 801-973-TV20, 801-973-8820. And as we wait for your calls to come in, we'll share you our message at the break. Thank you. You are watching Polygamy, What Love Is This? Broadcasting live from Salt Lake City, Utah. This program is the broadcast outreach of A Shield and Refuge Ministry. Shield and Refuge is a point of first contact for Mormon fundamentalists who question the doctrines of the religion or who are actively seeking for an opportunity to escape the polygamist lifestyle. Examining the claims of fundamentalist doctrine against the backdrop of biblical truth is central to our efforts. We invite you to contact us. Call toll-free at 877-425-9993 or email us at tv at We want you to know that we have made available to you some outstanding resources free of charge. You will find them at our website, www.whatloveisthis.tv. There you will find the DVD, Lifting the Veil of Polygamy, which documents the real-life stories told firsthand of those who were lifted out of the culture of polygamy through the power and love of Jesus Christ. Also, free of charge to you, is the booklet, Is Polygamy Biblical? It explores plural marriage in the context of God's Word and answers questions like, Did God ever command polygamy? Is it part of God's plan? While you are at our website, Make sure to take advantage of the archived episodes of this program, which can stream on demand directly to your computer. There are more than 100 shows to choose from. And if someone you know is unable to view this program via live broadcast, recommend that they visit this same website every Thursday at 8 p.m. Mountain Time to watch this show through live streaming video. Simply follow the links to the live streaming video page. If you are watching live tonight, we invite you to call us as we open our phone lines. The number is 801-973-TV20. That's 801-973-8820. Now, back to Polygamy, What Love Is This? with our host, Doris Hansen. Welcome back to our show, Polygamy, What Love Is This? I'm your host, Doris Hansen. Our co-host, Earl Erskine, is here. We've been talking about uh, various characteristics of counterfeit religious groups, those who claim to be Christian, but then they claim uh, that they're even better than Christianity normally yeah. as, as it goes through. Uh, our phones are open. We'd love to hear from our viewers if you want to call in and add to the conversation or ask questions or comments. We do have more to discuss on these characteristics, and so we'll be having part two next week and maybe even part three the following week. It just depends on how far we get each week because there's a lot to talk about and watch out for. But right now, I would like to make some comments to our polygamist mothers. Sunday is Mother's Day, as probably all of you are aware, where mothers around the country are or will be honored by their children and by the fathers of their children, except for one huge group of people. Mothers who are only one of many mothers in a polygamist home. Mothers who are only one of the many wives of her polygamist husband. And the FLDS mothers who are never allowed to be honored on Mother's Day. 
we helped a lady from the FLDS a couple of years ago, and it was near Mother's Day that we got her, and we asked her if she wanted to do anything for Mother's Day, and she had never celebrated Mother's Day as long as she lived in the FLDS. I'd like to quote from a very dear friend who, who recently said this and, uh, regarding the sad situation of polygamous mothers. He said, Mother's Day can be one of the loneliest days of the year. What is a Mother's Day when women are just queen bees for raising kids? Many of the children never really know a father while men set out to populate imaginary planets with all of his children. It's amazing, he said, that any legal system would even have to debate this issue today. And indeed, that is amazing. When one man has 34 wives, as Joseph Smith did, 56 wives, as Brigham Young did, 45 wives, as Heber C. Kimball had, over 80 wives, like Warren Jeffs, and uncountable wives of men I know about in various polygamy groups, how can one woman be that special woman to the father of her children? Sadly, she'll never know that honor. When one man can father over 150 children, the mother of those kids may receive honor on Mother's Day from some of those kids, but the father of those children does not and cannot honor each mother equally. To all polygamous mothers, we hope that this will be the Mother's Day, that you will realize that you are worthy to have your own personal private husband, despite what you've been taught. We pray that you will discover God's deep and unconditional love for you, and that you'll seek to release yourself from the prison of polygamy and the freedom that Jesus Christ offers you instead. And we do wish all mothers happy Mother's Day this Sunday. Wow. That's neat. It's just, you know, we were talking earlier. Um, I, I, we, I remember Mother's Day as I was growing up, and I remember the, us children trying to do something for Mom. We didn't have money. We couldn't yeah. buy gifts or anything. Sometimes I'd pick flowers or something, but I don't ever remember my dad being there on Mother's Day. Never celebrated to it, to honor to her. honor her as yeah. being the mother of his children, and mm -hmm. that's the sad part. Okay, we got some calls coming in um, on line one. We have John calling from Salt Lake City. Hello, John. You're on the air. Yes, thank you for calling. Uh, my calling. Um, uh, it is. Uh, I. We, do you guys uh, show that do the people? Uh, that I say right the uh, scripture uh Isaiah ten scripture ten they say the people gonna use God they can be sent. It copy yeah I mean it can show to the uh brainwashed people they believe Joseph Smith and you know you're saying Isaiah 10? I-S-A-I-A. Uh, -A. Isaiah? Isaiah. And what's the scripture? 10. 10 what? Uh, 10 first. 10. Uh, scripture 10. 
I'm sorry. I've you know, I'm John. I'm sorry. I can't understand what it you're saying. It might be a bad connection. I don't know, John. Isaiah uh, 10, um, uh, Scripture 10, then the first, the first um, verse. Chapter 10, verse 1? Yeah. Okay, 10, 1. I'm looking for it right here. Isaiah 10, 1. Woe to those who make unjust laws, to those who issue oppressive decrees, to deprive the poor of their rights and withhold injustice from the oppressed of the people. Yeah, that's a woe. Yeah. (laughs) And you're right. We are actually talking about that kind of thing with the polygamy groups. Yeah, those people that brainwashed, they can listen to the show that the all the way down, they say, you know, they can send people that steal from uh, um, uh, uh, women that die, they, they lost friends, the all the way down, you know. Well, God, uh, God and, all through... You know, verse. All through the Old Testament... God promises to watch out for the widows and the orphans. And you know, I really believe, I honestly believe that the women of polygamy groups and their children who are neglected and ignored by their polygamous fathers are included in that group of widows and orphans. I certainly felt like an orphan growing up, and I know my mother felt like a widow many times. Yeah, yeah. I'm not believing that people, they have a a listen to to somebody they can lie or they're not they're not being another way get get find another way you know that they listen to God said that he will listen to man he said you know you're not listening to God that's right they're listening to, to man instead of God I've got another call thank you for calling in John thank you guys thank you Thanks. bye Okay, and that's true. They listen to the, like Jesus said, they listen to the commandments of, of man rather than the commands and of the God. And the only reason there's polygamy is because Joseph Smith said so. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't... Religious polygamy. Yeah, yeah. yeah religious polygamy. Exactly, because Joseph Smith said so. Line three, we have Margie calling from Sandy. Hello, Margie. Hello. Hello, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Margie, you're on the air. I have three questions to ask you. The first one is to Doris. Have you been married before, and will you tell us about that? No, I won't tell you about it. I don't talk about my personal life. What's your next question? Oh, maybe it's all personal. I wanted to ask Bishop Earl, when he came out of polygamy and the or- he found the ordinances of the temple were not valid, did that affect his relationship with his wife, and how how did his relationship change after he was saved? Margie, I actually was never polygamist. Um, I was mainstream Mormon. Um, so, But gratefully, my wife was willing to listen and look and study, and she was able to come out of Mormonism as well. Did it change your relationship? Well, for about six weeks, it sure did. We... Uh, <laughs> We battled for quite a while. She was pretty upset. I was threatening our eternal salvation and our celestial kingdom and my future godhood and everything else. And uh, 
but she was willing to look at, at the things that I'd learned, and, and it was undeniable. It was all from Mormon scriptures. Yeah. So I, I was able to show it to her, and she was willing to listen. And my third uh, part of my question is, I suffer great persecution and humiliation by my own family and the Mormon Church when I left a violent husband that I was sealed to in the mainstream Mormon Church. Yeah. And I ended up uh, severely disabled because of a domestic assault, and then I raised ten children of my own and five others that their mothers left for drugs. And I am still being persecuted by my Mormon neighborhood. Where can I go for help? Um, Margie, I don't know what you mean by persecuted. If there isn't any laws broken, I don't know that that there's any um, civil place that you can go for help. I need to ask you a question. After you've left the LDS religion, have you embraced any religion at all? Have you turned to God, the God of the Bible? Have you turned oh, to Jesus? Definitely. definitely. I, I survive on a great devotion to the scriptures, the Bible, mm -hmm. and I... Do you, go to a, a, do you go to a Christian church? Yes, I do, and I just survived on miracles from God. Well, then the, the persecution of the people around you um, should be something that you should be able to deal with. I know it's hard, but have Christian friends who will be praying with you in church, somebody that you can talk to and, and, uh, and just trust to be somebody that will share your problems with you, pray through them. God will help you through it. But unless some laws are broken, I really don't know if there's any outside help other than other Christians to come alongside oh, you. I ended up having to sue the Mormon Church and the Sandy City Police. Well... The persecution that did, they were breaking the law. Okay, well then that's good that you were able to, to get something going in that direction. But get some good well, questions. I appreciate hearing you describe that fact that there is persecution and alienation that's extremely severe if you choose to leave the Mormon yes. church. And with polygamy groups. It's awful. Right. It's, it's, something, awful. it's something that any li anybody who's listening that has been involved in it, that isn't what God would have you do. In fact, Jesus said, if you have enemies, you don't and and people who leave the group are not enemies. They're, they're, they're former people that they say that they loved them. But Jesus said, even if you have enemies, you're supposed to pray for them. Yeah. And pray well, for those. I do. I pray for them. But, but they're not supposed to turn the around. The emotional suffering I went through was so, so... It is very emotional. It's very so hard. cruel and so traumatic. It's been... Um, feeling of desperation for years mm -hmm. and it just wears you out yeah. and no one can know the pain and suffering that I've been through unless you've been through it yourself. That's exactly right and I do pray that you'll find some, some good Christian um, people that will come alongside you and help pray you through this and give you the strength that God has for you to get by it. Thanks Thank for calling. You, mm -hmm. I'm sorry you have to go through that Margie. That's um, that's something that yeah, that's just sad. too many. I, I get stories all the time. I've, I've been involved with with yeah. people uh, that 
have had to suffer through this and that's something this culture does they'll they'll yeah. turn on their own that fast if there's people that doubt what well, they believe it's almost like the love and the relationship and the friendship is all based on the church mm -hmm. having the church in common and as soon mm -hmm. as that doesn't happen then the love and mm -hmm. relationship is gone it's conditional isn't yeah, it yeah it's very conditional it's very conditional yeah. Well, very quickly, um, our phone lines are open now. If you want to call in uh, um, very quickly, our number is 801-973-8820. Uh, the next, we're going to kind of finish what we were working on when we took the break, and that was um, uh, mind manipulation. And, and the, these counterfeit groups will also manipulate your time. Uh, they'll manipulate your time and your talents. They'll teach that because salvation comes exclusively from their group, uh, that, that you are required to spend your time working for that organization to the neglect of your own family and your leisure and your sleep and sometimes even food. Uh, they're told that they must sacrifice all these things for the kingdom of God which, of course, they believe they alone <laughs> yeah. are the kingdom of God. And if any of these practices that we've talked about identify your group, uh, you have every obligation to do everything you can to get out. Now, we have some resources that I would like to mention uh, that I have used with some of these things tonight and will be using for the next couple of weeks as we go through more of these. And I believe they're going to go up on the screen. Um, and also, you can go to our website, whatloveisthis.tv, and click on Show Notes on the home page, and you will be able to find the notes for tonight's show and the resources. But we use, you can go, if you want to find out about counterfeit religious groups, you can go to rickross.com, uh, cultwatch.com, um, cult um, excuse me, utlm.org, and mrm.org. And then there's a couple of books. We have one by Walter Martin, and it's called um, The Kingdom of the Cults. Now, this is a book that I would suggest that you get and see if your religion is in it and find out why it's in it if it is. And you will see, comparing all of those religions in that book, why they are considered in that category as they compare their doctrine with biblical doctrine. And then there's another one uh, that was on the screen called Combating Cult Mind Control by Stephen Hassan, which is also a very good um, book for you to read. So I do hope that these, this helps you as you look into these things, and, and we do hope that you will look into those things. Very quickly, we have an anonymous call on line one. Hello, you're on the air. Yeah, maybe the woman who uh, is having a hard time legally and whatnot, the woman you just talked with, uh, maybe she can call 211 because they have different referrals for different things. So Okay, good. Thanks for calling. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for that. So uh, if you're listening, if you're still listening, I think her name was Margie, right. uh, call 211 and see if there's someone that can um, help you with this situation. Um, and I don't know. I have never done that. so I'm No, I, I don't know that either. But if she's fellowshipping with a pastor and with a church, there should be some resources there mm -hmm. to help her. And uh, Yeah, there, you know. there should be. I know it's hard. It's a hard thing to get through. It's hard for anybody who leaves. Um, it, there, it's yeah. it's a, an exiting process, but everyone has always said it's been worth it, the, what they had to do. So next week we have many more uh, characteristics to cover. We'll be covering on next week's show and the following show.
I guess I didn't turn that off. And so we hope that you will watch next week to, to find out more, if, to find if your religious group is involved with any of these characteristics of a counterfeit religious group. Counterfeit meaning they claim to be Christian, but they're not. Um, in closing comments, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, Jesus corrected a great misunderstanding and, about righteousness when he said, and I quote, Except your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. So the big question is, does our righteousness exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees? They were the ones who knew God's law and pretended to obey them. These guys were so self-righteous, people squirmed in their presence. But Jesus said we must be even better than they were. Jesus didn't say we do our best and he'll do the rest. Someone once said that God's grace will do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. That's a lie. We are not saved by grace after all we can do as the Book of Mormon teaches. We are not saved through polygamy as Joseph Smith taught. God said marriage has nothing to do with eternal life. So who's the liar, Joseph or Jesus? And if God expects absolute perfection, we all lose because no one has done all we can do. There's always something we could have done just a little bit better. We are saved by grace through faith. It's a gift, not by works. So no one will be able to enter heaven bragging, I earned this and I'm entitled to it. We can't work for salvation and expect God to kick in grace because we failed in some areas. That is not grace. And we can't earn grace. Eternal life is God's gift by His grace. And that is 100% grace. And it's only through our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that grace and truth came through Jesus, not through polygamy, not through any church, not through a bunch of religious rules and regulations. And all of us need all of His grace all the time. Thanks for watching, and good night. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.